ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy ways to do so. First, you can email us using the email address ignition at sfcatholic.org. It's ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us using the Twitter handle at sfdiocese and mark it with the hashtag ignition. Um, my name again is Chris Bergwald. I am for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization. I've also been married for uh, 17 years now to my wife, Jermaine, and we have five children. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson, 10 years a priest for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and now starting my eighth year as the pastor of St. Paul's in White, as well as the director of the Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings. So um, it's still summer, Father. That it is. Uh, a time we, we talked uh, in, in last week's episode, which I really enjoyed, uh, Ignition uh, episode 273, the, the sort of the, the, the typical the life of a diocesan priest. And we talked in there about, uh, you made the point that it's important that a priest recreate, right? Take time, you know, hobbies or that sort of thing. Um, you didn't say this, but right now I'm thinking of all work and no play because <laughs> Jack a dull boy, whether Jack's a priest or not. Right. Uh, and so just thinking about, so it's, it's summer and a time for often for, for many families, a time for recreation. Um, we also talked about how parish priests life is still structured around the school year, even for those, even though if you don't have a parish with a school, the same is true for much of family life. Even those who maybe have ch- grown children, um, or no children at all, it still seems much of human life revolves, at least in our country around the school year. Very much so, and which is kind of the agricultural year too. Right, right. Um, it's certainly in our in our state. Yes. So, uh, thinking about that, the re- when we are right now uh, in, in the middle of summer, um, got me to thinking, Father, about the 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 reality. Because I was I, a few weeks ago, I was um, with a group of women religious and just talking about the fact that everything we do um, can be done for the Lord. Uh, and specifically with regard to the ways that all of us as baptized Christians participate in Christ's role as priest, prophet, and king. Um, so, so we thought it might be interesting to look a little bit more closely at that. So um, this will be, Father, you and I have uh, some occasional series here at Ignition. <laughs> some of them more active than others. Yeah, some of them are gathering dust <laughs> on the back shelf. <laughs> One of our regulars, uh, uh, every four weeks, we we talk about, um, give an ex- uh, introduction to one of the documents of the New Testament. Um, that's an ongoing series that will someday come to an end, uh, but, but we're going to make this a much briefer mini-series. Mini-series. I, I called it a mini-series. You did. You, yes. you did. You coined it. I'm giving you props right now. Props, Father Dickinson. Um, so just three episodes over the next three months, looking at the way that the, all of us, and we'll be thinking in particular about the, the, the laity, the lay member, the lay faithful of Christ's people, uh, but it applies to religious and the ordained as well, the way that we participate in Christ's priestly 
kingly and prophetic offices. Uh, just a quick point of clarification. Um, Father, we use the term offices in this context. We're not talking about office buildings or rooms that we where we work where they have doors on them. No, office here is an identity. Right. It's a role that you play. It's an office is uh, something that you fulfill, that you're called to fulfill. So like you have the office of being a husband. You have the office of being a daddy. Right, right. So um, bearing with it both rights and responsibilities. I'm in, we're, we're empowered to do certain things, but we also are obligated to do certain things. Right, right. And, and we will be judged at the end of our life by how well we did or did not uh, fulfill that office. Right. So with regard to the, the fact that Jesus is priest, prophet, and king, everybody who is baptized is joined to Jesus Christ and participates in, in those offices, if you will. Right. So we all, uh, by you, that's cr- exactly correct. We, I missed the microphone when I started to talk. Um, we have, uh, by our baptism, we have a full sharing in that. I'm just, I'm really kind of caught in this idea that I just said, and I didn't really. I could tell that there's something that yeah, really clicked with um, me. The idea of that we will be judged by how we fulfill these offices. Okay. You know, because I've usually talked about that in terms of my priesthood, that uh, to quote St. Augustine, um, you know, he says, you know, uh, with you, I am a Christian for you. I am your Bishop, you know, uh, because I'm a Christian. I hope for my salvation because I'm a Bishop. I tremble knowing that I'll be judged by how well it is that I fulfill my duties. Okay. And so just thinking about the fact that um, not that, and since we should fear our share in the threefold munera that we're going to talk about, but there still is that sense of an obligation to live it. Right. You know, and I think we can forget that sometimes. We only think about these things that, oh, well, I've got a right to do this or do yep. that in the life of the church. Well, yeah, but you got an obligation to right. do it too. And, and at the end of your life, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, all will be known. Right. Right. So we, yeah. And, 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 to me, the key there is, the, again, uh, emphasizing something I've said more than once already. All of us, because we're baptized, have these rights and responsibilities. Uh, exactly correct, that we all have these rights and responsibilities, but then these responsibilities on which we'll be judged. Um, the thought comes to my mind is, we don't have to fear the Lord. Yep. We do have to fear ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, that wait, I don't have to fear the Lord that if I make honest mistakes, right? Honest mistakes, honest mistakes, that I don't have to fear that He's going to take advantage of them, or that when I make dishonest mistakes, aka sin, yep, right, and I ask for forgiveness, that He will forgive. Yep. I don't have to fear Him in that way. Right. What I do have to fear is myself that I, in my own self dishonesty, I, in my own. Um, desire to avoid responsibility or work or discomfort or whatever it might be. I, in my own uh, sinfulness, like might do things and hide them from him. Right. Yeah. And right. think that I can do it my own way. And that's what you are going to be accountable for. Right. 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 Exactly right. Because in a sense, I don't want, if I don't want him to have it, uh, he's going to have it anyways, one way or the other. You know. Right. Yeah. So I think sorry, um, little rabbit hole. <laughs> this is something that that the church has always believed in. Uh, that the, this 
what baptism means, what it entails, um, both in terms of what it does to us and what it calls us to, mm-hmm. uh, has always been taught. However, it was at Vatican II, and since then, that particular, especially with regard to what this means for the lay faithful, correct? Um, this has been specifically, I think, highlighted, and that happens throughout the, the the life of the church, right, Father? Where there, are, we've got this deposit of faith, to use the technical term, but at certain points, we really need to focus on and call attention to certain aspects based on the different challenges of our day. And one of the challenges of our own day is this idea, this Marxist idea of uh, the separation of classes, that there are haves and there are have-nots. And this is something that has plagued the church since, just as it's plagued the world since its development. And so there's a special emphasis on this notion of the threefold munera, both as an authentic response and also sometimes as a corruption of uh, or, or a result of the corruption of Marxism. So in some ways it's a response to this kind of Marxist uh, division and class warfare. And sometimes it's used, this threefold office can be abused yep. in the sense by the corrupting power of Marxism. Right, right. So what, we're, what the church is emphasizing today is all of us uh, have both certain rights, but also certain responsibilities that we're called to be attentive to. And they're very well defined. Uh, right. Yep. So what we're going to do is uh, in this and the, the, the following uh, two follow-up episodes in this mini-series uh, is look at specifically riffing on what the church teaches in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So uh, we're going to be following, we're going to be using as sort of our launching point in the Catechism where it discusses the lay faithful and how, how the laity participate in that, but we'll, we'll be commenting, riffing on that to apply to both religious and ordained as well. Correct. And... Just a reminder that if you don't have a copy of the Catechism, dear listeners, why don't you? <laughs> Get one. Get one. If you don't have one, though, you can also look it up online. So right. We will talk about the paragraph numbers of the Catechism. Don't do it while you're driving. No. And, uh, but so you look up the paragraph numbers, not page number, but paragraph number. Well, the numbers on the left hand or right hand side of the page. Right. Yep. I uh, know there. Are, it's always on the left side. Always of the on the left hand side of the paragraph. Yep. Correct. Yep. And sometimes a paragraph or a number might have multiple paragraphs. It's not always one number per paragraph. Right. Yep. Right. So uh, we'll be following that. So whether you're looking online or whether you have a paper copy, uh, as Father uh, indicated, if you don't have one, we highly recommend that you get one. Yep. If you're looking online, you could just Google search or Bing or whatever. <laughs> Your preferred Jeeves. Yahoo, Jeeves. Good old Jeeves. Uh, texting KGB. Remember that? No. You used to be able to like, have this text service on phones, like where you'd text in, like, a question to... Yeah. It was KGB, KGB. I don't know. Oh, I was really? of the Marxist. I don't know. But uh, I don't know what, what that came from. I did, I, I did not know that. Wow. Well, okay. There we go. Uh, regardless of regardless. What, what, nice, what... Nice nice avoiding of irregardless. Exactly. Do not use that word. Certain it's not words. a word. Be- right, exactly. Yeah. Don't say it. Even though it sounds like a word. It's not a word. It's not a word. Uh, irregardless of what you might think, <laughs> irregardless is not a word. Um, whatever whatever version of the catechism you have, you'll be able to find the the section we're talking about because we'll be using the paragraph references. Right. So simply just bing CCC903. <laughs> Exactly. So uh, 903, um, 901, 2, and 3 is where it talks about the participation of lay people in Christ's priestly office. want to back up a little bit and talk about 897 ever so briefly. Okay. Oh, yeah, I jumped again. 903 is the last pair. That, that last one. You, it's important to begin with the end in mind, Father, however, so that's, that's fine. And let's start at the very beginning. 
guess that's a very good place to start. That's that's what I've heard. Um, so uh, not going to read this section uh, literally. Eight ninety seven talking about who the laity are in distinction from other states of life in the church, uh, religious and holy order, or in the ordained, excuse me, in particular. The only thing I want to highlight is that the laity, Father, I think sometimes um, when people think about who they are as laity, or who the laity are, they think of them as uh, uh, in the negative, the via negativa, as you ah, term yes. Oh, the laity are those who aren't ordained, ordained and those who aren't in religious vows. Exactly. And that those are both true, but there's more to be said positively about the laity. Uh, and specifically sort of summarizing what these paragraphs say, the laity uniquely um, have a vocation to be the leaven in the world, to, to bring the gospel to the world from within in a way that the religious and priestly states do not. Right, to be out in the midst of it all, bringing the fragrance and the light of Christ. And one thing that I'm going to be coming back to in this episode and uh, uh, the next two episodes... Uh, of this mini-series as, on Ignition. Exactly. Um, is, is found in 899, where we read that the initiative of lay Christians is, necessarily, is necessary, especially when the matter involves discovering or inventing the means for permeating social political and economic realities with the demands of Christian doctrine and life. To summarize that, there's a great quote from Pius Twelfth in that same paragraph. Lay believers, believers are in the front line of church life. Right, the front line of church life. So you're on the ground and it's your job to bring Christian teaching to daily life, to public discourse, bring to business. It. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> right. So we receive the principles, if you will, from the, specifically from the ordained. Quite often. Uh, and then we're called to instantiate them, to concretize them. Instantiate? <laughs> to, to bring them to life, to, to, to make this. Instantiate means bring to life? Uh, in this case, yes. Really? That's how I'm using it. Okay. To make an instance of. To oh, instantiate. instantiate. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, like yeah. station no, or no, some no, sort of no, like no. substantial, like. Edification. No. So what is okay. what do the principles look like in this instance? To instantiate. Instantiate. Bing in it if you, to find out more. <laughs> Going to bing that. <laughs> so, Father, but again, I think, again, being attentive to how this is true of all the baptized, all of us uh, in different ways are called to do this, to bring the gospel to life um, in our lives, in the places where we are. Which is the very mission of Ignition which is a broadcast for the new evangelization, which you listen to right now. Uh, I am Father Andrew Dickinson. And I'm Chris Bergwald. And we're talking today about uh, the role of the uh, the laity, especially their priestly role, which you probably should actually get into that topic. Yep. But if you have other topics in the future or questions about this episode, do contact us for our email, which is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet at us, SFDiocese, use the hashtag Ignition, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and again, the hashtag Ignition. Ignite, but Sean. <laughs> I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N. Okay. Ignition. Yes, Ignition. So, yeah, so we want to focus here with with all that said as introduction for this mini-series um, on, on the participation of, of lay people in particular, but really the ordained and religious as well in Christ's priestly office. And Father, again, the re- as, I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, why this struck me is because uh, it's summer and it's time away and recreation and vacation uh, f- for not just the laity, but as you said in the last episode, priests that, that take vacation as well. Religious often get some, times away, some time away. Um, 
but we're all called to recreate, but we are all called to offer that as a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. Yeah, this is the most intriguing thing to me. I think when we talk about the priestly Christian office, we most commonly think of the idea of uh, my prayer at the Sunday Mass, when I'm uniting my own prayers and needs to the one offering of Christ on Calvary made present. And I'm usually thinking about the things I don't like. What? Well, I've been like, oh, Lord, well, I just offer to you, oh, like working yes. with Dr. Bergwald today. Yes, and just, amen. I mean, it's impossible, Preach but just it. bring some good out of it. Right? Th- that sort of offering? Yeah. Offer, the whole offer it up thing. Right. Like the crosses I'm bearing. Right. Offer that up to the Lord. Right. As opposed to a Thanksgiving or a glad offering, which is part of our Christian life, of, you know, thank you, Lord. Uh, and I just offer to you, Lord, right now, the fact that I am uh, sitting on the lawn chair in the backyard of my brother's house, uh, eating a hamburger with bacon in it. There we go. You know, I thought you were going to say, thank you, Lord. I'm just sitting across from the eminent and esteemed Dr. Bergwald in the studio talking about things of the Lord. But that's not what you said. So bacon is good, too. <laughs> Lord, I'm very grateful. I just want to offer you a sacrifice <laughs> of praise. <laughs> For getting to work with Dr. Bergwald and hear his laugh and his insightful comments. Amen. <laughs> Everything, though, we do, as you said, both the negative, the crosses, but also right. the positive, for which we can give thanks, we ought to. Right. Actually, oh, tangent on this, but not really much of a tangent, but still in the priestly office. But the idea of how often, like when you're in temptation, do you think about and thank God for the blessings he's given you in your life? Ooh. That's one of the best ways you, that that is sort of like todah offering. Again, todah is a Hebrew word. Thanksgiving. Right. And it comes from most commonly from the Psalms. Exactly. There's Psalms that are todah, Psalms, Psalms of Thanksgiving. Uh, Psalm 116, 17, 18. A couple ones before it, maybe. I don't remember the others. Sorry. Yep. But uh, I failed you because I didn't know the scripture references. (laughs) And uh, long going joke between Dr. Bergwald and myself. But uh, yeah, so Todah Thanksgiving just, okay, well, I'm in temptation right now, or I'm in desolation right now, I'm in things aren't easy, but I should remember all the good things God has done. How quickly do I forget them? But that's a priest, that's part of my priestly role is to remember and give thanks to God for all the good things he's done in my life. Yep. And, and, and what strikes me is so often, so priestly, we think of the prayers that we offer, like, but it, it's, it's when we offer those things, it's not just the words we're saying, but we're literally offering oftentimes the activity that we're doing. Yes. So sitting in a lawn chair, drinking a fruity drink. Exactly. Right. Eating a bacon cheeseburger or whatever it was that yeah. you had. With. So, so just to pull an example from uh, what the catechism says, specifically about the laity, but it certainly includes the priestly and, and religious as well. This is in 901 of the catechism, um, quoting from Vatican II. All, speaking again about the laity, but it can apply in, in, in an analogous way to ordained and religious as well. All their works, prayers, and apostolic undertakings, family and married life, Daily work, relaxation of mind and body, if they, if they are accomplished in the spirit, indeed, even the hardships of life, if patiently born, all these become spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Preach it. So what I, even relaxation, I mean, I know you meant it. I know you were saying it lightheartedly, but I knew you meant it as well. Sitting in the lawn chair, drinking uh, a tasty beverage or eating a cheeseburger yeah. is relaxation of mind and body and can be a spiritual sacrifice. 
playing my, my niece and nephew love to play on a trampoline and just to jump around and have fun delighting in life with them. Right. Yeah. Today, uh, we're recording this episode on July 5th. My family and I were with, with another family, other families yesterday for the 4th of July, uh, celebrating our nation's independence. That that can be, the, 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 just the, the, the summer things we do, 4th of July celebrations, can be instances for us to, to offer a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. Everything we do. I, I, I'm struck by everything. 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 Yeah. Well, you know... Think about it in terms of uh, we the line from Job, we accept good things from God. Should we not ex- also accept evil? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right. And we usually think about that, or I usually think about that, in terms of when something isn't going right. Yep. My plan of this day isn't working out the way I wanted to. All right, Lord, I just want to offer you with gladness. Uh, the morning offering prayer, uh, listeners, if you're familiar with that at all, from like the apostleship of prayer, the morning offering to the sacred heart of Jesus is a beautiful prayer that kind of captures this sentiment. So could you, do you have one memorized that you use? No, I've got roughly memorized, but just, you know, sacred heart of Jesus, I offer you this day, uh, all of my, uh, joys and sufferings and, uh, prayers and sorrows and union with the holy sacrifice of the mass. And, uh, for the sake of the intentions of all, uh, prayer wars, especially the intentions of the Holy father. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. And that's the, that sounds a lot like the, the the version that I know. So those common, but you're offering everything to the Lord in union with Him, right? And then just think about that throughout the day, when good or when bad. But I usually think about when bad happens. Yep. When you know my day gets disrupted and my nicely ordered situation doesn't work out the way I want, and then I go, oh, come on, all right, I got to offer this to the Lord as a sacrifice in union with Calvary. So that's where, so thinking of the, the, the giving thanks, making that spiritual sacrifice of a prayer of thanksgiving, as the Todah, as you were mentioning mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I, I love the, the spiritual practice of beginning your, your daily prayer time thinking about the things the Lord has done, being grateful for them. Yep. Yep. I just had an idea. Go. And so is it okay? Yeah, please. Okay, okay. So, um, but the whole idea of sanctifying then ordinary life. Yes. Because you're all making these offerings. Because what's going on in my mind is, the difference between like the lay vocation and the priestly vocation of this. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the lay vocation, I still have to do this offering for my own sake. Right. Right. This is for my own sake to make these offerings. Now, for the sake of the whole church, I've been ordained a priest to offer the one sacrifice of Christ so that all others have access in this time and place to the cross. Right. So they can make those spiritual offerings. Right. And then, but the whole idea of the uh, for the laity is that in the midst of your daily life, so that in the midst of... Uh, the assembly floor of 3M, right? Or in the midst of your softball league or in the midst of sitting in the minivan waiting to pick your kids up from piano practice. Or shopping at the grocery store. Whatever it is, to right there, praise God. Because in that particular space and time, God has not yet been praised. Yep. And so if you can praise God in that moment, in that time, you're fulfilling uh, his desire for all of creation, that all creation would be one uh, song of praise to the Lord. Sorry, I got excited. You did. Why did you get so excited about that? Uh, a number of things. One, just because it just really, when you start to look at your life in that way, it changes your life. Yeah. Yeah. So it, for me, the this reason- This isn't just dead's time. Right. So that, uh, the way, for me, the word everywhere that we were talking about a couple minutes ago, um, it, it, bring, it, it gets away from this compartmentalization mm, where, right. where I end up putting my life into different boxes. Subdivided. And it brings a whole and a unity- 
to my life where this is, I don't, I don't live lives. I live a life and what brings it together mm. is exactly this is your, and, and the fact that then by baptism and confirmation, you have the spiritual anointing to make those things in a worthy way to the father. Yep. Because if you weren't baptized, if you weren't anointed into confirmation, then uh, you can make that offering, but without the assurance of it being accepted and pleasing to God. Exactly. And so God then looks down on you with fatherly love and care, making that sacrifice in the lawn chair, watching your son play baseball, right? He looks down in a pleasing and beautiful way on you as as he would look on Jesus making that same offering in that same moment. Exactly. Yep. The other thing too, Father, just a couple minutes left, uh, the next paragraph in particular to my fellow parents out there and the trials mm, that yeah, come yeah. with with parenting. The church teaches us in 902 of the catechism in a very special way, parents share in the office of sanctifying by leading a conjugal life in the Christian spirit and by seeing to the Christian education of, of their children. So even, and I think in the life of intimacy between a husband and a wife and in the, in the, in the, the raising of the children that that can bring forth, we participate, we as parents participate in a special way in Christ's priestly office. It's a priestly sacrifice that we are offering in both those aspects of married marital life. It, is the action itself a priestly offering, or do you make a priestly offering within the action? I, well, I think it has to be. So there has to be that spiritual intention. Okay. Yeah. To to make it truly a spiritual offering. Good. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I just want to be clear. Yeah. So I and I, but I think that again, nothing I do is a part or nothing. Everything I do can be done with and for the Lord. Right. There's this old spiritual director. Uh, he's kind of outlandish in some ways. Uh, but, you know, he's like, you know, just talk about all these things that we don't think about. And I don't want to just like all these that we don't like often want to talk about in polite company. Right. That we wouldn't say on the air. Right. But like all these things, like you can love God as you do them. Right. right? Every, yep. Yeah. From a, a, every moment of your daily routine. Right. Like what's the one part of your daily routine you don't want to talk about with others? You can praise God in that moment of yep. your daily routine. Right. Nothing is ultimately profane, or everything can be sanctified. Right, right. Profane is in a part from the Lord. Everything we do can be done for the Lord. Right. And and so what Dr. Bergwald is not saying is that uh, everything is now sacred. Right. But no, but by your intention and by the fact that you've been conformed to Jesus Christ in baptism and confirmation, there's no part of your life that you can't, that is not sinful, that you cannot now make as an offering to God. Right. Yeah. And to be So yes, when we commit sins, those aren't sacred sins. There's right. no such thing. Right. And you, and, and you can profane, like you can go to mass and profane your attendance at mass by thinking of, uh, sinful and uh, wrong things in that mass. But in the same way, you can go to, um, <laughs> there's an old joke uh, amongst, we talked about this with the prayer of the office, I think yeah. in past episodes, yeah. where the priest asks, well, can I have a drink while I pray my evening prayer? Well, no, you cannot. Oh, well, can I pray my evening prayer as I have a drink? Oh, why, yes. <laughs> right. Everything can can be sanctified. Every part of our life can be sanctified. Yes, yes. So just keep that in mind as we continue through the summer. Offer everything, good and bad, to the Lord. And that you have a duty to make that offering. Amen. Yeah. If you have questions about this, we'll be talking about the the, the prophetic and kingly roles um, in the next couple of months. But in the meantime, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition with any questions you have. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.